everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast, the lovely Space Tomato Space Game-themed podcast where we talk about Star Citizen 90% of the time. Uh, Ad-free, thanks to our supporters, and every week, thanks to our lovely guests like today, we have Ravak on, who's actually, you've been on here before. It's been a little while, but thanks for joining me again. Has it? Are it's you sure? <laughs> we, we, did a, we did something. Yeah, you did it's, one on my channel. Okay, was that it? I see. Yeah, we yeah. sat down for the show. Yeah. That was that was how long ago was that? Two years? God, that was about three. I think <sighs> it was towards the start of COVID. Um, but I was interviewing you about your time, like how you became a creator. Right. And I had just started back then. Man, yeah. I can't believe that was three years ago, dude. Well, I'm <laughs> glad to finally have you on the show to sit down and talk about Star Citizen from your own perspective. Uh, you've taken a bit of a break over the last few years and you're starting to kind of trickle back into the game right yeah that's correct and uh thank you very much for having me on um, of course and having this sort of opinion i know that of course the star citizen community themselves are very dedicated um and i'm looking forward to trying to give that perspective of somebody who has taken a break and wants to come back yeah that's it's a useful perspective a lot of people find themselves playing the game and then asking themselves while they're still why they're still playing and uh it's sometimes it's better to just put it down and wait until it's over uh or not over but further along um let's before we dive into star citizen though i would like to hear kind of about how you got into the game itself because you didn't start with star citizen right in terms of making your own content uh i <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of did at points. I've had various different channels and created various different things. Like I went okay. to university and did film and television studies. So I've done projects and everything along those lines before. But for my current channel, Star Citizen was kind of the first thing that I did. Um, in terms of the game, I backed it back in 2017, 2018. And I really got into it in 2019 before you could even go hand mining. Like the only thing you could really do is fly around, do a little bit of trading, do some bounty hunting. Um, and that's not too dissimilar of what everybody does to make money nowadays yeah. from, from, you know, what I've seen and everything along those lines. So it was very much a, a much less developed game back then. Um, I remember the first time I ever logged into Star Citizen, you couldn't leave the hangar. You could only get into a ship and sit in it. <laughs> you know, that's how long ago I've backed it for. Um, and then I remember the demo for, I think it was Lawville or Area 18, where you would just walk around like this, a really small area within one of the kind of hubs of the game. And then, of course, I started, took a long break, didn't even remember Star Citizen. And I started back when we had, uh, yeah, loads of different planets. I think it was, we were missing Microtech at the time and you couldn't do any mining whatsoever you could just land on planets and go and trade and stuff along those lines but okay yeah i've been i've been around for a while when it comes to star citizen yeah and and what other games do you usually play like are you mostly a space sim kind of person or did you come from a completely different genre no so i i only really got into pc gaming for the competitive side so i played a lot of like league of legends counter-strike um all of those kind of you know games those those really high 
skill ceiling competitive games. And I think I was just looking for something a little bit different. I've always been a big fan of RPGs. You know, you take your Bethesda's as well. I always love my single player gaming and I've always wanted to have that level of immersion that you get from quite a lot of those games. Yeah, you've got the competitive side of it, but when I'm by myself, I just want to be lost in a world. And Star Citizen did that for me, and that's one of the main reasons why I moved straight into it. I think, if I'm being completely honest, it's the trains in Lawville. Just standing on a train and going from one platform to another, it blew my mind Yeah, for how immersive that was. And, you know, you take these different RPGs, playing games like Skyrim and, and Fallout and stuff like that, and you just feel like you're living in that world. Quick take. Quick take. Do you still like the train rides? Yeah, I love them. Cool. Okay. Does that just make me sad? Know. No, I just wanted because some people get over it. I I still find it a novel experience to ride the train in a game. I don't I don't have a problem with it. I think it's just a small part of the rest of the big time sink it takes me to get somewhere. But um, yeah. I know some people find it annoying now. Uh, you mentioned RPGs a lot, and for those who listen to this podcast a lot, we talk with every guest about where they come from. I myself explain a lot of the times that I come from RPGs and it is so much more common than I think people would think from an MMO like this, a hardcore MMO like this. How many of us come from RPGs, come from a console background, come from just using controllers and single player games. Um, but the things that connect you, you it sounds like you're saying are, are the immersiveness, the interactiveness, which I think is something that kind of comes from RPGs. That, that sort of feeling of interacting with the world and seeing your character change. Do you think yeah. do you think that Star Citizen could suffer from not having those RPG elements of like character skills? Not to get off topic, but No, I I do think it could. Um I mean, and that's the whole pull, right? Is it's supposed to be as realistic's a wrong word, but immersive as possible, right? So I get what you mean. The, the train rides can be quite annoying because they are such a time sink, but they're super immersive. You having to physically go from one place to another because you can't walk there because of how big the area is. Like it, it gives you that at the moment fakes sense of scale. And I think that's what a lot of people love within RPGs is you're right. The interaction mm. with the world going me deciding to go down to a planet, begin mining or, you know, get some, something that's there, go to an outpost, anything along those lines is not just too dissimilar from other games. Oh, I want to go to this location, do this for this particular reason, come back with whatever the spoils of usually the war, whatever's going on there, whatever I've murdered at the time. Um, but I get all of that from Star Citizen. And I feel like that's what a lot of people also love about the game. It's a level of immersion. It's, I want to go here and do this because I can, because mm -hmm. it's available to me. And if they strip that back, I feel like it could, it, it could be detrimental. I mean, how excited are we as a community for stuff like the engineering gameplay, for how detailed that is? That level yeah. of immersion is again, another reason why I got into Star Citizen, probably why a lot of people did as well. I don't have to be a pilot if I don't want to be a pilot. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be an engineer. See, that's, that is a topic, honestly, you just saying that it may, might make me derail the whole podcast because that's a really important <laughs> topic that you don't have to do the things that are coming to this game. And that's something that really needs to be nailed home with engineering. Like you said, a lot of us are excited for engineering, but a lot of people are like, I will not play this because my I don't want to deal with this. And it's like, okay, then don't. 
but and that's fine you don't that's the whole beauty of star yeah. citizen right i mean i'm sure there's going to be players out there who don't want to have anything to do with ships they want to be ground assault i want to pick up a gun i'm going to go in that transport vessel and they're going to take me to where i need to shoot the things that's the beauty of star citizen yeah so what brought you back You've been taking a break over some time and you said you kind of jumped back in mid last year, but really now that you're getting back in in this quarter, first quarter of 2024, what is it that's bringing you in? CitizenCon. I mean, CitizenCon really showed off so much. And I think the biggest difference between previous citizen, citizen cons and this one is how quickly they've implemented things from it. And that's such a big, big thing for me because I'm sat there playing the game and there's so many bugs, there's so many issues, there's so many promises and it's very frustrating to play. And then when you're seeing how they're doing it now where they're really pushing updates, since Squadron 42 had been kind of moved past and they moved a lot of the team over, it seems like that's had an immediate impact and we've had so many different updates and, and being able to see the systems that are coming in place, like the server meshing system, which... People were speculating wouldn't be possible. Um, it was close to an impossible job, and they've actually shown it live in in CitizenCon. It just amps it up for me again. The same thing happened back with the economy system when they showed that in CitizenCon. Was it two years ago? Year oh, ago. it's been several different years. <laughs> yeah, um, that just it just pulls me back in every single time. That system's amazing. That's going to absolutely be life-changing. Let's get back into the game. Oh shit. They've still not done the star map. <laughs> yeah. And, or the economy. That's, I think the economy is one of the things that's really hurting. Um, but yeah. the, the speed up over these last, honestly, I feel it's been the last maybe year or, or two now has really become more noticeable. And I think it's going to become more so, you know, after next week when we see what kind of stuff they can actually plan out for this year. But for you, it's it really comes down to the fact that, or rather, it comes down to you were taking a break because did you just not feel like the game was moving anywhere fast enough? No, I don't think so. I think I got stuck in loops, and I think a lot of people will probably have a you know similar relationship to this. Um, you kind of get stuck in doing the same things all the time because of the way the economy works in the game. If you want to get to that next ship, you're going to have to spend a lot of AUEC. Um, which is absolutely fine, but you then start to try and follow routes to get as much AUEC as, as possible. And I think I just get burned out so quickly because I, I like to sit there and grind, but if I get bored, I then stop. I'm terrible you, at it for games. You feel like you got more focused on making the money rather than having fun? Exactly do, that, yeah. Do you ever join in with a group? I do occasionally. I have uh, people who come and join me to play um but not a large-scale group. And every time that I've tried, things have always gotten in the way. I think the last time I tried to play in a, a really large group were when we had that wave of 40K errors about a year ago. And it just, after <laughs> oh 20, boy. 30 minutes, it was 30K. I said 40K, didn't I? 30K, 30K, 30K. And it was just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good time to start playing again. No, it wasn't. And we're trying to get like groups of 40 people into a server, and it just wasn't working. That'll hurt. Yeah. I find that the group gameplay really helps with the experience because you, you don't really worry too much about the money. You end up making so much that when you split it amongst the whole group, it, you know, it's, it's just a nice addition to your bank. Um, 
yeah, like playing with an org seems to be the best way to experience Star Citizen so far. And honestly, I think that's part of why people think it's a little less casual friendly. I mean, like you said, there weren't many things for you to do. Uh, and when somebody gets bored with something, they want an easy way to get into something else. And if you don't have a group or you don't have a mission made for that something else, the game doesn't really guide you to that. Do you feel like there just hasn't been enough to do in the game and now there is? Or, or do you think there's still a ways away from that? Because even if they add engineering, there might not be in all the ships. It might not be um, fully complete. You know how they kind of release features and they're not fully there do you still do you feel like you're coming back and this is actually the right time for everybody to come back or there's still some time to go i still think there's some time to go um i think one of the biggest factors is going to be new areas i mean if if people are a returning player and they've been in the stanton system for years they're going to know what to do where to go and all that stuff and that's where pyro is going to make such a big difference i know we've had a bit of a play test with pyro i got into that play test um that's when i was playing a little bit towards the back end of last year because it's something completely new and, and something that no one's experienced. I feel like when those systems are seamless, that's probably going to be the best time to get involved back into the game. Um, but I feel like people are going to go back to what they're used to. This is how I used to play a year ago. This is how I know I'll make some money. Nobody's online. I'm going to do this for three hours. I'm bored. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> that's a vicious cycle for for somebody who has got, a, a, you know, can go play something else or whose friends have been playing all day and no longer want to play. Like, that, there's, yeah. there's the kind of vicious cycle. Let's, let's talk about that something else real quick. What, what have you been playing in the meantime when you gave Star Citizen a break? So the, the easy answer is Escape from Tarkov. Um, I've, I'm very into, like, those kind of those games that are being developed and following that development on is another reason why Star Citizen was so prevalent for me. Um, it's why I speak a lot about games like Ashes of Creation mm -hmm. as well and um, V Rising stuff like that. And Escape from Tarkov is is one of those. It's a still a being developed game, but the level of immersion of that game is what pulled me into it. And I play that more than anything else, even when I was playing star citizen as much as i was escape from tarkov was always the one game i was going back to um and that's for various different reasons they they updated it every six months they completely wiped the game so everybody started from level one but it was so intricate and there was so much to do in terms of you've got your questing you've got your different gun mechanics and everything along those lines a lot of what star citizen is kind of following through on um, it just kept pulling me back to it. And I would say that's probably the, the main thing that I I was involved in. Uh, Baldur's Gate, I started from day one of early access. I played that game for 24 hours straight. <laughs> and that was only act one. And that, that, you know, that didn't have any of the systems that it's got now. It was a very different game. Will as a character was very different. That game is amazing. I love that game so, so much. And it's... Yeah, just anything like that. These early access games, I think they just keep pulling me because I see the potential and I see what the teams are trying to do. And I just sit there and go, yeah, that looks amazing. I want to get involved with it. I want to try it out and give as much info back as I can to you know help the development where I can. Do you see, I, obviously there's some connection with Escape from Tarkov 
that we can touch on. But do you see a obvious connection for players from Baldur's Gate 3 who might be interested in Star Citizen? Uh, no, it's a, it's a very, very different game. I mean, we're talking an MMO RPG with Star Citizen that's super immersive and then a really rich story of a game with different mechanics and I guess it's super open-ended with Baldur's Gate that it you can get the similarity of you can essentially go and do what you want but that's where the similarities sort of end you've got a very story-driven narrative in Baldur's Gate you know very deliberate characters where a star citizen is so open-ended that you can go and do anything or meet anybody I think is the best way to go about that and it's it's you you're the individual who's experiencing the world whereas with Baldur's Gate you're experiencing it through the eyes of a different character mm -hmm. that's fair so Escape from Tarkov Baldur's Gate was there anything else that was taking up your time uh V Rising did for a little while that was a really fun game mm -hmm. um but that that was really it I think uh, Escape from Tarkov took so many hours out of me <laughs> There well, wasn't any of, time for anything else. All of these games being in a kind of similar situation to Star Citizen with their active development, how would you judge how they're doing compared to how Star Citizen is doing? Obviously, Star Citizen gets, I think, a bit more of a spotlight than some of the other games. I, Escape yeah. from Tarkov is pretty big and, and will get noticed as well, but Star Citizen sits in this particular spot where it's obviously a lot older than these other games, it's taken a lot more money, so the conversation's different, but uh as somebody who plays and backs both how would you compare it's a really good question because they're they're very very different what uh i think a lot of people don't realize is escape from tarkov was has been around for a long long time and the development team have done various other like web app games this is their first proper like game that they've ever developed and it had very it had a very very rough start and same with Star Citizen, you're talking about a game that's got no no teeth to it. There's nothing really to do but, in this case, from Tarkov, run around and shoot on one map. And then back then in Star Citizen, you're looking at being able to fly from a planet to a station. That was it. Well, it wasn't even a planet. It was a station to another station at one point. Yeah. Um, so in terms of development... It's a very similar path for a lot of these games that I've played. The biggest difference between Star Citizen and any other game that I've ever seen is the ambition of the developers. Because if we look at Star Citizen and how many times they've like moved the goalposts, they've wanted to add something new, they've wanted to do something different all the way through their development, and people will say something along the lines of feature creeping, that's absolutely fine. But look at the grand scale of what they're trying to do. I don't think that was the plan from the start. And the way that they've moved forward and, and gone about it, I think is the right way. And I think the money speaks for itself. People believe in the project. And if it took another five, 10 years to get to where it needed to be, I do have faith that it would get there. Because already it's nothing like anybody's played before. There's a reason why there's such a, a tight-knit group who still play the game. That's true. Yeah. It's one of the funnier things whenever people are aghast at why people are playing the game. Like, well, why don't you ask the people who are playing the game and, and see? It's It never... 
that's never the answer. It's always just kind of assume that they must be confused or have been tricked. But no, it's, you know, people just enjoy the game they're playing. And um, I agree with you. I think, I, th I don't think they have unlimited time per se. Like f five years, um, I think could, they could keep going, but there have been some clear signs lately. I think that they need to start producing something a little more substantial. And, you know, that's part of why you're back here, right? Citizen Con did a good job of introducing that to everybody. Do you think that the fact that they're developing these two games is going to be helpful? And when Squadron 42 comes out of nowhere and it's actually released, because everybody's paying attention to Star Citizen, do you think Squadron will end up being what really puts this company on the map? I think it, it can be. It's got the potential to be. Whether it is or not is a completely different question. Because well, from what we've seen of it, and the trailer was amazing, and I'm super excited for Squadron 40, 42, don't get me wrong, I really can't wait to play it. But if the the story's not that well kind of you know laid out and the mechanics are really awkward or it's super buggy, that can have a negative effect and impact on Star Citizen itself, on CIG, you know, on, on Chris Roberts. And yeah. there's always that concern there. I personally don't think that's going to be the case, but we won't know because we've not seen anything. As backers, we've not seen anything from Squadron 42 for years. We've seen this trailer. We've got the, the updates via email. But, I mean, me personally, without sitting there and reading every single line or word of the squadron 42 updates that we were getting was it quarterly or was it monthly i can't remember um, you get them i don't know monthly that's it i don't know the project that that well squadron 42 i know it's a single player experience i know that it involves um the, the various other different races and it's, it's all based within the ue but in terms of what's actually going to happen, what we're going to experience and, you know, how open world is it going to be? Is it going to be super linear? I, I just don't think that these are things we all know properly. And if somebody like me, who's followed the project since 2017 and, and keeps like going in and, and dipping in and seeing the game, how is anybody outside of that bubble supposed to know? I don't think anybody outside of the bubble knew of Squadron 42 until the trailer dropped. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, for the most part, yeah. So, yeah. so they've done a good job of kind of lighting the fire and letting people know it exists, but now it's time for them to put out more clarifying trailers or, or actual marketing pushes. Maybe that's something they're waiting for the marketing push to do so they don't kind of burn people out on too long a, <laughs> too long a timeline. We all know that Star Citizen sometimes can aim a little bit too close considering their deadlines. Oh yes, Icarus comes to mind very yeah. much when it comes to, yeah. uh, to Star Citizen. But uh, it can absolutely be the thing that brings people into the game and starts having trust with it, for sure. If they nail Squadron 42, and then people who really enjoy that game and don't actually know about Star Citizen, you tell them there's an MMO with, that's based in this world with these mechanics, it will blow their mind. So I, yeah. I'm really hopeful for Squadron 42. Yeah, I I'm, just, wait to play it. I'm just thinking... Imagine playing Squadron 42 and just being enthralled with the world and loving everything and then being told that there are like six other star systems out there with a bunch of other things you can do that aren't military focused. I'd lose my mind. I'd lose I it. Would that would mind. be very cool. What do you think? What do you think Squadron could do to, to bring players in who are maybe more casual, who wouldn't try Star Citizen? That, you know, what is the secret power that Squadron 42 has that Star Citizen would not? 
So, I mean, Squadron 42 is a single price. From what we understand, it's a single price game, right? Yeah. A lot of people outside of the community really focus in on how much ships cost from they a do. pledge point of view. Um, that's the one of the only things that they, they run in on. It's ship costs and it's how long the game's been in development. Um, but having a single-priced, single-player experience in the universe will... If they market that right, that, that will be a game changer and it will really make a difference. I think removing it from the Robert Space Industries website, giving it its own platform and having it as a single focus would actually be a much better way to market from that point on. Because the problem is people who hear about Squadron 42 may not hear how related it is to Star Citizen They'll go to look for the game and they'll immediately be on the RSI website where Looking it's just passing the Star Citizen. Right. And, and, and that's a, it's not a game, like a, a deal breaker, sorry, but I think if they try to separate it to start with, have it within its own kind of like location, its own website, its own place that they can market it from, that might be a better solution. It would, yeah, it would make sense because. You don't really want to... Star Citizen won't be in a place... If Squadron 42 does come out, let's say in the next year, Star Citizen won't be in a place where it can, I think, speak for itself. I think it can speak for itself, but like as a released game, it, it doesn't look great. Yeah, so going to Star Citizen first at that point. How about later in the future, though? Like when Star Citizen's up to, up to par, do you think it would really matter as much? No, not at all. Um, I'm... I'm predicting it now, like five years from now, when people start to get into Star Citizen, the gameplay is a lot more refined and everything along those lines, and people are coming in from Squadron 42 and experiencing the game. We're going to have this surge of people praising it. I, I can already see it for just how well the project's been going so far in the last two years. And <laughs> it's going to be funny because we're going to have a lot of people going about praising it as much as possible, saying this is the you know, one of the greatest games ever created. And those will be the same people who have been writing articles for the last five years <laughs> saying, oh my God, they, you know, this is more than a down payment. This package that you can buy in Star Citizen is more than the average wage in the US. Like, I got married before this game was finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. My kids can play it. <laughs> yeah. My grandkids, which I yeah, always find funny because I'm just thinking, man, if I, if my grandkids are playing this game, they did something right. <laughs> if they're still if the game's still around by then good for them um yeah but yeah squadron agreed. squadron 42 could be a really a really good way into star citizen um how about arena commander what are your thoughts on arena commander as a way to just kind of show your friends the game yeah i it needs to be focused on a lot more i think arena commander gives a lot to players one one of the biggest things and escape from tarkov i can give a really good example of this as well but one of the big things about star citizen is how slow it is to get into the game to do something um you know you you wake up in bed you go down an elevator or two you get on a train you go up another elevator you get your ship you go to another elevator you get in the ship you wait for the doors to open you fly off to the planet which is flying from surface to space is one of the greatest experiences ever but arena commander gives you that quick get in get out gameplay 
And that can be such a big difference. I mean, a lot of us, when I was playing it again back last year, we're, we're getting into Arena Commander, not necessarily for dogfighting, but for just boots on the ground shooting each other. It's good fun. And yeah. I think they need to focus a lot more on it. The, the comparison I made from Escape from Tarkov is Escape from Tarkov being an extraction shooter is much more slower, methodical sort of first-person shooter than a lot of other games that's out there. They recently released an arena mode, which is just that. It's you get in 5v5, it's nice and easy, you shoot each other um, using all the mechanics of the game. And whilst it won't be the main thing that people play, it's just easy to get in a quick game you know, get used to the mechanics, have a bit of fun and not have to worry about spending half an hour getting to where you need to go. It's also familiar. That yeah. mode makes me more willing to try Tarkov. I haven't tried it yet and I do plan on jumping in at some point, but that mode in particular, hearing that it's just a straightforward deathmatch, is like, okay, I know what that is. I can play That's familiar. It's fun. It's quick. And the, yeah. The biggest difference between them is you ha they're technically separate games. So you have to buy them Ooh. Separately. I see. Um, okay, yeah, Tarkov. I'd be pissed if Arena Commander was a separate game. Yeah, um, it, it does have its own, like, it, it's really intricate itself, and people can just buy it if they okay. want to, but they are separate games, so I'll just I'll throw that quickly All right, in there. Well, for the, for the if it's got enough for it to be a separate game, that's not that's not so bad. Arena Commander as it is, I would, I'd be like, you guys going to have to wait to split that out. Um, yeah, if, if you were trying to charge me $30 for Arena Commander, I would laugh. Yeah. And I think what it really needs is it, it needs to be more than combat focused. Like, Arena Commander could be our solution to having servers that allow for custom matches, whether those are... Like, you could... Imagine you could just have an Arena Commander server where you recreate Battlefront yeah. fights. Or, or Battlefield 2142 fights. Or, no, 2042. It, it, it feels like the best way for people to experience the game like you're saying as a casual player that just wants to see what the mechanics look like, not even play the game itself. Absolutely. And, you know, it, I think we've just got to focus in on mostly the, the fast pace of it, right? Because a lot of people want to get into the game for combat reasons and everything along those lines and arena commander can just throw you straight in there but if they then branched out arena commander so you were doing it these large scale like war levels you're in a javelin for example you've got 50 other people on the ship and they're running around doing their jobs in arena commander you're immediately in that fight though yeah you're starting it's kicking off everybody's at their stations you're ready and you're you're doing you can just have that like an hour of fun gameplay yeah that you've wanted to do for for a long time and i think that would be such a great focus for them i don't think they focus on arena commander enough as maybe they should but that doesn't mean take away from star citizen keep developing star citizen please yeah yeah and I, <laughs> it sounds universe. like they got some updates into arena commander last year and it sounds like they're kind of moving priorities away a bit which is disappointing yeah. but i am 100 percent there with you create a sandbox not even a sandbox just a a, a pre-made environment of whatever gameplay you wanted. Like you said, you load in a javelin with 90 NPCs and then you have the one player and that's their sort of arena commander server where they are playing an engineering thing in a battle. Reminds me of Civilization VI. You ever play the strategy games? Yep, I love strategy games. Um, Civ VI is... Uh, I preferred Civ V, but 
in terms of strategy, Stellaris is my favorite. Okay, okay, okay. Are you interested in Ara then? As a Civ Five? Yes. Fan? Yeah. Yeah. That Ooh, looks pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this reminds me kind of of the scenarios in Civ Six, where you can just load straight into the middle of an era. You have a certain amount of units. There's a certain type of win scenario you have to meet. And it's just to experience a certain part of the game. If Arena Commander was that, that could also that could be maybe even more successful than Squadron Forty Two at bringing people in. Yeah, it could be. I mean, having a look and seeing various different clips of people like in these massive scale wars, because that's what gets people interested, right? Is watching other people have these amazing experiences, which people do have in Star Citizen now. Um, you take the Jump Town Two Point piece look at how much fun people had there and all the combat and everything there and that will get somebody excited and then they realize how much work it takes just to get to that point yeah um which will turn a lot of people off but if arena commander was that quick you would get more people involved playing the game and then that pushes them more into the persistent universe i, I just think it's a snowball effect from there and you know i was really excited for their um i can't remember what the name of it was their war mode two three years ago oh theaters of it. war yeah theaters of war thank you why have i not heard anything about theaters of war <laughs> for the last two years that was super exciting and having this different sort of like like um like the whole all the battlefield stage maps you move on you do one objective then you move to a new objective and a team gets a certain amount of tickets theaters of war looked like it could be a really great thing for star citizen and it's just fallen off the face of the map like it's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was a bit of a sink for them. The biggest problem yeah. with that is it's basically Arena Commander, but blown up. And since Arena Commander's yeah. not already not running smooth, obviously that one wasn't. So it's still in the plans. They're still working on it. I think it'll come in Arena Commander, but it's definitely taken a backseat until the game runs better itself. Which is a bummer, because I agree with you. I think it was useful, but at the same time. They got a lot of backlash for that as sort of, a, oh, you're developing and just another game. And uh, yeah, I think that's how Arena Commander looks, though. It looks like it could be another game. Yeah, and I think it, that's the thought process it should go down is you want, and, and you've already touched on this as well, like the single player experience within the games, the game mechanics, you want that for more of a fast paced shooter. You know, have these game mechanics in various different versions of the game and then have the persistent universe star citizen as your main kind of place where everybody goes you just yeah. you know it, it's the whole realism versus fun argument and debate that everybody has you know realism is fun to a lot of people but dying spending half an hour getting to back to a ship to die again to a bug to then spend half an hour to get back to a ship to then die to you know, somebody who's really good at PvP, it's just tedious sometimes. But, but that's also kind of a, a product of the time, right? Do we, yeah. do they build the game to accommodate how the game could abuse you now, or do they build it to work in the way it's supposed to later, where you wouldn't be dying so much to bugs, or that person who kills you in PvP wouldn't be able to be in that system because of the security systems? And it's, you get to that point where it's like, okay, so do they start changing the features to make sure that won't be an issue, and then change it back later? It's a good question. I think they focus on feature complete first before they do any kind of anything along those lines. Um, 
at the end of the day, what brings people back more? Is it new features and features that were promised, or is it balancing? I, yeah. People say balancing, but we love our features. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We absolutely love our features. Yeah. 30K, what a meme. That's going to go on forever. <laughs> oh, hopefully not after the replication layer. Gosh, I hope. No. Yeah, me too. I just mean the meme itself. We're gonna. Oh have, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, yeah. if this continues for five years and thirty k has become a thing of the past, we're gonna start getting players who sit there and go, "I don't understand what thirty k means." I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's gonna be a back in my day situation. Oh, yeah. Let me tell and you. And I've already done that on this po on this uh, podcast. Back in my day, we didn't even have hand mining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Clesher weren't doing prisons. <laughs> you don't know a real star map until you go back to 323. Exactly. <laughs> or 322, whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, Do you play Starfield? I have played Starfield, yes. I played it quite a bit for a week. <laughs> All right. Well, I know people are going to hate it. I hate it myself, but you kind of have to include it in the conversation about uh, the more casual possibility in star citizen but we have a lot of people who jumped into starfield because they really wanted to get into a space game you go into the forums you go into the comments reddit threads you just see tons and tons of people who are like oh my god i've been waiting for a space game i just want to fly a spaceship and go to different planets and go down on a planet and explore wow i can't wait and like we saw that for years right then starfield came yeah. out and i think it's a pretty good game i think it's solid but it fell short for a lot of people. Do you think Star Citizen is a realistic opportunity for a lot of those people or just the minority yeah. of them? I think so. I think a lot of those people who wanted to play Starfield because it gave the sense of you know, being in space and, and landing on planets and everything like that. And that's the biggest difference between the two of them, right? For, for me is Starfield gave off this kind of sense that you could go and do whatever and you could go and do everything and you could go here you can do that and everything along those lines but it's so choppy because of loading screens i think that was one of the biggest things that really didn't help with starfield whereas star citizen of course it's one loading screen you're in that's it you're never in a loading screen again until you go back to the main menu um and i do think that a lot of people who wanted to get into starfield to have that experience of flying a spaceship and being in space will absolutely love Star Citizen, its mechanics, you know, the different things you can do. Um, just the simple things of going to do like mining and, and everything like that, you know, salvage. That I think would excite people more than kind of a Starfield vibe. But it's all the it's all the tags of the company, right? It's Bethesda. That's the reason why Starfield was as popular as it was oh great there's a space game that's coming out by a company that i know that have been very successful in the past you you ask people if they know star citizen yes they've heard of it do you know cloud imperium games no never heard of them that's where this you know big difference is yeah there's a lot of things in Star Citizen that m make things rough and i imagine the way that you're saying that people would enjoy Star Citizen you're kind of including that unsaid caveat of like with the bugs and all of that stuff but there are also things i think in a bethesda game that people are really drawn to um convincing characters that you can talk to uh, a good amount of quests or things to do and 
let's say it's kind of handholding. It'll it'll help you out. Those are three things that I think are really lacking in Star Citizen right now. Do you think players can look past that at this moment? Um, I think it's tough. I think a lot of players do like to have that direction when they play RPGs. Um, and coming to an MMO, it's very much a here you go, you know, figure it out yourself. But there have been games that have done that really well. I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be a completely left field question now. Right. But have you ever heard or played a game called Puzzle Pirates? No. Okay. So Puzzle Pirates is an MMO. Um, I still think it's around. It was on JavaScript. But you used to essentially, you would play the game. You could join a job and you would work on behalf of the Navy. And then you would do different puzzles around the ship, which would make the ship go faster, repair quicker, and like stop it from flooding. And the game taught you all of these mechanics through that sort of the Navy system. Um, so you go there, take a job, do one of the jobs, learn it, get better at it, and get paid for it at the back end of the economy. But then the entire economy is completely player-driven. So the further you got into that game, the more complicated it got to points where groups of people like organizations and Star Citizen were going to war with each other to own islands and own the production lines of those islands. That's God, how I love that. it got. And, and that's, I can pull so many comparisons. I think Puzzle Pirates really, for me, is the game that I've experienced that's the most like Star Citizen's potential is player-driven economy, ownership of certain locations, massive organizations that are working together or apart from one another, but also having a really easy and simple system to bring new players in. I mean, if somebody starts Star Citizen their first time, they are pushed towards like a job board and they're saying the Navy needs people to work their engineering status. They need people there for emergency services, such as putting out fires. And then those things happen during their time on a ship. They get used to the general mechanics of the game, moving around, um, they earn money whilst doing it as well. And then that gives them the ability to meet other people because you've got other people who are also doing those jobs across the ship. And I just think that as a comparison, that's the best way to bring newer players in is having some sort of system. Even if it's going to work for a trader who's posted a job, who's an NPC, you just join their ship and go from there. Um, but whilst we don't have that at the moment, I think those RPG players who want to have an immersive experience in space will struggle. One, because there's so much negativity outside of the community. And, and two, it is a steep learning curve. Yeah, it really is. Even, even for somebody who plays the game, it's just hard to figure out everything that you need to or can do, or if something that happened is happening because of feature or because of a glitch. That's definitely rough. And I think the current state of this game for a casual player wouldn't make sense. But the direction it's going, when they do have the quest givers for this kind of stuff, when they do have the missions, like you're saying, that sort of introduce you to the gameplay, um, outside of the multiplayer aspect of this game and maybe some of the more hefty features like the cargo refactors or the engineering... It, it does seem like the kind of an MMO that more people can get into than maybe your normal one. But I don't play that many MMOs, do you? I, I have done. I like Elder Scrolls Online. Like They're more your traditional 
yeah. MMOs. Nothing kind of along this scale. I never tried Eve. I've always wanted to maybe get into that, but that's that's a steep learning curve as well. Well, I'm um, curious. I'm curious for those other MMOs like Elder Scrolls Online. What's the kind of spread that you find of players playing? Would you find people who generally never try that kind of game who are willing to get into it? I think I think so. Um, again, it's all about IPs. I mean, hmm. when you go and play an MMO like World of Warcraft. They're usually people that have pulled friends in. Like, I'm new to this game because I know 20 people who play it. Whereas Elder Scrolls Online was, I was a big fan of the Elder Scrolls games. I'm going to get into this. I really enjoy it. I want to play it. Um, but Star Citizen's on a whole different scale. There's not an MMO out there like it. And I think that's one of the things that we don't get out there enough. Yeah, Is I guess that... Go ahead. No, sorry. I, I... <laughs> you uh -huh. go. I, I guess that really just explains why it's hard to say, oh yeah, they'll they'll join this game just like they joined ESO because they're all a little bit different. And what it seems like brings people to Star Citizen is the scale and the sci-fi. That's what yeah. we, we all seem to love. When you took a break from Star Citizen, um, or rather actually when you started to come back into Star Citizen, making more content, maybe with streams and stuff, did you notice your community mentioning or commenting about that were they used to it did they care uh not not so much i mean there, there were there were returning people who only would come back for star citizen i think you find that whenever you create across the board anyways you have people who watch you for a specific thing um so as i veered off and started to do different games and and change my content there were people who would pop in but wouldn't stay because they wanted to watch you know, Star Citizen, and, and that's completely understandable and completely fine. But you do get that a lot, I think, as a creator. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't a big creator anyway, um, so I had quite a small community who I just absolutely adored. And um, I game hop quite a lot. I can't focus on one thing. I really can't. I've got an ADHD brain, I swear, because I can't just sit there and play the same thing for a month on end. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. But I think you do get that quite a bit, especially in those smaller communities, because people want to see you play that particular game or see what's changed. And, you know, it is it is tough moving from one game to another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that it's. Uh, you know, everybody's there for different reasons. And um, when you're moving to another game, there's there's tons of reasons for somebody to not move with you. Yes um there is okay switching gears a little bit i want to talk about how your feelings of star citizen have changed since you started playing until now have you have you felt like there were things that maybe frustrated you at first when you were first introduced to the game that you now kind of understand more yes definitely i think the whole um movement system was very clunky back then very difficult to kind of get used to and um, just doing a simple, something as simple as trying to get into a ship, holding F to get into the the menu, and and when that didn't work, I think I think that's one of the biggest frustrations is when something doesn't work properly. Getting into a ship, starting the ship, the the star map. Uh, these are all problems <laughs> that have been there. I'm going to yeah. say the star map about seven times for the rest of the day, but th these are problems that have been there since I started properly playing back in 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, the star map's not changed since then, really. 
And that's one of the biggest sources of frustration for, I think, everybody. No one likes the star map. Everybody hates it. I'm so glad they're changing it. When they showed it in Citizen Con, it was the best day. We wept. Um, oh, yes, we did. <laughs> Just the, yeah. tears, the tears flowed. And, you know, those, those sources of frustration, I think, are things that, because they've always been there, that's why I was so frustrated. Sure coming back and being stuck on the star map, just trying doing something <laughs> as simple as trying to get to somewhere. It's still there. <laughs> you're like, you, you leave this game for five oh. literal years and you come back and your worst enemy is still there waiting for you. Yep. Yeah. No, I get that. The star map is, I think the most indicative feature of this game's development and the reasoning behind it too. The way the way it makes sense for them to not go and make a new star map until their 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 system is done, but then also depending on this system that they're building, which has taken them so many years to make, it's like yeah. that's the story of Star Citizen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean that you nailed it there. I'd never actually thought of it in that kind of aspect. It is the story of Star Citizen. Everything you do and everything every place you'll go and every decision you you'll ever make is from that map. That that is probably the most important feature of the entire game. Yeah, yeah, and it's good that we're finally getting it updated. It ties into so many things too. You know, the the idea of downloading everything. maps, the idea of waypoints on the maps, sharing data from the maps, the AI pathing, and and your own waypoint pathing going through those maps. There's a lot to it. Own waypoints. Oh my god, you you, you told me that three years ago you'd be able to put your own waypoint down on a planet. I would, ah, uh, no. You would have been lying to me. I wouldn't have believed you for a second. It's it's the soft launch of proper exploration gameplay, finally. It's happening. It's happening, everyone. It's really happening, yeah. So that's, I think, that's part of that grouping of reasons for why you find yourself coming back at this time. Yeah. Well, how about... Definitely. So you mentioned the glitches, but how about design-wise? Like, let's say the way that... Um, you have to put boxes in ships or the fact, like the trains, for instance, is something that you mentioned that the game design does to differentiate itself. You like the trains, but is there anything else that you discovered not liking that you've kind of warmed up to since, since you've played? Um, yes. So at first, and it comes down to immersion again, at first it was very much the waiting for the hangars to open. I think, Starting off, I just want to get places, get to a terminal and, and sell my goods or, mm -hmm. you know, get another ship or whatever. But I've I've grown more to love it because of how immersive it is. You know, I, I like to try and land and take off in first person mode. Then I fail because my ship's too big and I've slammed into the side and I need to go third person mode to save it. <laughs> um, but again, it's all immersion. I think that's just such a source of excitement to see that opening. And I could do it a hundred times, but when I first started, not a chance, especially before they changed the flight model. So back when Levski was, was a thing, we're going back now. Back in <laughs> back his day. I, back, back when I worked, lad. Um, <clears throat> they, and Levski was on there. The whole flight model had changed. And I remember taking off, and just slamming straight into the wall. And the person <laughs> I was playing with, who was teaching me how to play, was just crying with laughter. He just, he couldn't stop laughing. And 
that's where that bit of charm came from, you know, learning the game and going from there. It's definitely a source of frustration, but yeah. it also makes you reminisce of, do you remember the time that I slammed straight into the Levski, you know, ah, hanger good before times. the doors even opened? Do you oh. remember when we both got to a point from our, um, from wherever we were traveling or something, we just slammed into each other by accident. Do you remember when, and here's a good one, trying to find Jump Town, and a friend of mine went, oh, it's next to that snowy patch over there. It's basically Hoth. It's a snow planet. Yeah. Uh, that snowy bit, it's snowy all patch. snow. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. You know, there's, there's those bits of it, and it's all the frustration, the, the hours and hours of frustration can then be forgotten about for that one hour of the most fun you've had in a in a game. That's what Star Citizen gives you. It's got some of the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. <laughs> Hopefully they raise some of those lows. Um, I, oh, I, yeah. Yeah. The, a lot of those lows come from, luckily, the game not being complete and rather it just not being designed well because we do get a lot of time to complain when they bring something out that we don't like, which is nice. Yeah. It's a nice part of being here. Um, all right. Here is, I think, the definitive question I have for this podcast for you. Do you think Star Citizen can be somebody's side game? Because it takes so much time. Yeah, it, it, it can be, depending on the person's goals. Um, I think this is where like the grind culture will come into place. So I absolutely think you can casually play Star Citizen. Um, especially as more systems come into place and as they start trying to bring new players in, you know, being able to just be hired as a gunner can be a very lucrative, but also a very easy to get into sort of gameplay element. But if you want to run the best org, have the most ships, you know, have the most money, have the best loadouts for your ships and, and you as an individual, I think that's a different question. And I think that's what Star Citizen gives more than any other game in the world at the moment is that choice as a casual player. I absolutely think you can just jump in, play for a couple of hours, leave, and then not have to worry again. I, I really do. I think it's just that simple. It's all down to individual goals. And do you think, do you think that the game there. is changing too much for somebody who jumps in maybe twice a year? Would they get too, just too confused or is it still pretty easy to get back in and get comfortable quickly? I think the systems that you're used to have more or less remained the same. I think that's quite easy. I did find it really difficult to go back to mining. I think mining as a gameplay loop changed so drastically that it went from being a gameplay loop that you could do solo to then not being able to do without more than another ship or another person on a mole to then changing up and adding more and more complication. But without researching it, the whole mining aspect is completely out of reach for new players. One, right. because they need the ship. Two, they need to know all of the different pieces of equipment you can put on a ship now. Like it, <clears throat> it is very much out of reach for a lot of new players. And that was something that really confused me coming back because I used to love mining when it was super easy, super simple, and you didn't have all these attachments. Um, and I am concerned that more and more gameplay loops will move in that direction where they become overly complicated, that they're not fun anymore. Do you feel like mining is not fun? Like even after I, you learned about those attachments? Yeah, I do. I think it's very frustrating. Um, 
because it's such high risk, high reward for a new player, you put too much heat into that rock and you're going to explode. And there's other sides of it of if I know enough about the attachments, but I don't know what attachments I need, I'm never seeing the heat gauge increase. I've just traveled all that way there to find out that I've got to trial and error it, or I've got to go watch a YouTube video or do a lot more research. Like there's the whole aspect of being able to pick it up and play. And I think if you're trying to do those things yourself, you either need other people or casuals just won't do that. So they'll avoid all of those systems. So people, people who are playing the game casually won't be able to get that full experience out of the gameplay. I don't believe so, unless they're doing it with people who are not casuals. Um, I think that's where the blend of MMO will come from nicely, though. Do you, would you consider that a bad thing, though? No. No, I don't. Well, I think one of the my special things in gaming is being able to teach another person who's super interested in it and get them on board. And I feel like as long as there's enough for people to do at a casual level, they can then become somebody who's hardcore into that game. You know, it's a gateway to doing that. And I don't know about you. Well, I, I know your answer to this already, but being able to teach somebody who doesn't know what the game's like and, and having that experience of showing them what it's like and, you know, them improving and enjoying themselves and seeing how much a game has to offer it's just that that in between you, you know we need people through the door we need people to experience the game and unless they have friends or there's an easy way to hire people or get people involved in server it's going to struggle a little bit yeah for the casual gamer that's fair um looking at the features that we see coming in over this next year or at least half year and i i think i sent you a few of the possibilities What's, uh, what's one or two of the things that you're really looking most forward to? So, we've said it hundreds of times, star map. <laughs> Goes without saying, um, I would say. Without saying. The star yeah. map, the whole premise of the star map was really, really exciting. Um, how it looked, how it felt. So I'm really excited for that, but we talked about that plenty, so I'll move on. Yeah, um, it's cheating. It, <laughs> That's an easy one. We'll go for the easy one first. Uh, I think jumping from one system to another is just going to be game changing for for returning players, especially. You know, I love the jump drive system. I love that it's it still still planned to be interactive, right? You're still going to have to steer whilst you're in the world. Yeah, yeah, believe yeah. so. Um, that itself is a really exciting you know premise. It's something that. We, nobody's ever experienced that before within a game. You're trying to take a Carrick through a wormhole that if you don't steer it correctly, you're going to get thrown out into space and you know, or you could be destroyed. It's a really interesting game mechanic that no other game really has ever done. So I'm really excited to see that. And I'm excited to see how trading changes because of that as well. Um, and I think just multi-crew gameplay, that's the one thing that really got me into Star Citizen was whenever I was talking to a friend of mine who's been backing since 2015, yeah, it was 2015, the whole premise of destroying the ship's engines, boarding it, 
taking it over, repairing it and taking it back because that's now yours. You've claimed that ship or, um, you know, having five people doing different jobs that make a difference to the ship. We need to adjust power so to the weapons to get more damage output. We need an engineer. We need somebody who's going to put those fires out. Like the fact that those systems are slowly coming in and we're seeing them, that mm -hmm. is what is super exciting to me as somebody who wants to return and wants to come back to the game who's played it for years. Yeah, the engineering is really going to change things around. I'm I'm interested in seeing how CIG deals with the communication behind both those systems you mentioned, because with jump points, if they're going to make a system where you can basically die going from one system to another, they have to really prepare people for that and, and make sure people really understand that you're taking a serious risk doing this. And I think from what we've seen of how people treat piloting ships in the game right now, a lot of people aren't ready to accept that it might be harder than they're ready for. Same goes for something like engineering. And I'm just very curious how CIG will cram all the messaging they need to into tutorials or pop-ups or whatever they need to, to make sure every player that comes into the game understands these things. Yeah, and, and I think this is where the system I was telling you about from the other MMO comes into play. If you have... If you have a system where you're training directly with NPCs, you'll have hands-on experience of doing it and you, you'll, you know, out and out get that experience. And as you, because I know skills are a thing that are coming to the game and I know that a lot of people are a little bit taken taken aback by skills. There was a lot of promises yeah. that that would never happen. Um, and I'm sure that's another topic we can talk about shortly. Sorry, I like to go off on tangents. Can you tell? Um, it's having a system like that where you're getting that hands-on experience you're doing that yourself can really lay that groundwork for players when they're playing by themselves because it's a much lower risk for them doing it with the navy or doing it with an npc who's trying to go from one system to another than doing it with your own ship not understanding those mechanics and then dying in the process of going through a jump point like there are systems you can implement to do that it's just I don't want them to go down the route of going to your mobile glass, going to your journal and all your information's there because people right. are just not going to no. read that. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be natural. It's got to happen through missions and lore That's and characters that you meet. That's probably the hard part is not just throwing oh, yeah. it all in a text text log and having people read. And and that's that's fine to start with, I think, when they're implementing these systems like this is how you do this, but they, I, they really should be thinking about this. And I know it's it's difficult because there's not a lot of new players who necessarily get into the game all that much and stay there for a long time. So you've got an audience of people who know the mechanics have played the game for so long. But I guess the question is, is now the time to start thinking about new players coming into the game and making it easier for them to learn the mechanics, get used to the game so that they continue playing? Or do they focus on getting feature complete, then doing that. It, you know, it's a difficult question. And, and would it have been further along if they didn't release early access so early? Who knows? I think at this point, up until now, it was reasonable to not care too much about the new player experience. I think yeah, that the new agreed. tutorials started, started to kick in around the right time. Maybe like six months earlier could have been good. Um, but about a year and a half after the inventory medical system makes sense, like 
they're they started bringing these things in and improving them in the right amount of time and it seems like by the time we have 4.0 every planet in this first system will have a new player experience so that's good um but yeah at this point i think that they need to start dedicating more resources to making sure that you know not only are there missions in the game but there are missions geared towards actually introducing people to things not only are there npcs in the game but there are those who are meant to kind of lighten up the new player experience they need to make this game feel good at first because a lot of these people are going into this game with a negative first impression just based off of what they read or or what they hear and it's what people are looking for as well so some of my more popular content around star citizen are like new player guides stuff like how the moby glass works that my moby glass video is very out of date now but for me it's very popular because people don't know how to how to work the system they don't know what it means they don't know what to do this and they need to realize that there is appetite for people to try the game they just need to be better on the tutorials they they are better than what they were three years ago but there's definitely appetite for newer players to get that little bit more experience and you know um be taught how to play the game yeah yeah absolutely Let's talk about that player skill system you brought up. I think that's a good topic to oh, yeah. to kind of wrap the feature discussion up on. Um, <laughs> what are your feelings on it? So I didn't actually know it was becoming a thing until recently. Um, I don't know if I'm that big a fan of it. I think it depends on how much it'll impact you as an individual. You know, is it going to be a case of I can reload faster? That's not a huge issue, but... Is it a case of I can relay power better? It doesn't make sense. And it really depends on how they implement that system. You know, do I get a, you know, 5% more speed when I'm burning my afterburners because I'm a better pilot? Shouldn't be the case. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But if it's a case of you can identify a problem quicker or, you know, you're more reactive when it comes to turning as a pilot and, and all of those things. It really does depend on how they implement it. And I, I like the fact that it can be different for various different people, but it, I hope it doesn't limit because if it starts limiting people going down different paths, that's not the Star Citizen I signed up for and a lot of people. The whole point of it was to go and do whatever you wanted to do. And if they limit those paths because of skills... I think it will just be a really bad thing for the game. Yeah, and it does sound like they're not going to go that far. It seems like they're trying to make it a sort of physical skill system, so it's all things that have to do with your body and the things you do as opposed to like your skill with items. But I, I do also think it's a slippery slope because once you get into the into the area of it's no longer about the fact... Like, what if a, a new player joins in the game and cheeses the reload system and then comes up in a 1v1 match with somebody else who's been playing for a while who's really good at the game but you know because one person could reload faster that's what ends up deciding the battle it's not a bad thing it's not a wrong thing but it does change the way that people were thinking about star citizen and it seems like something that they're bringing over from squadron because it maybe did well in squadron and they want to include it for everybody else yeah i think that it can work really well within squadron because it's not impactful to anyone else around you, like any other player. So, and that's, again, this is just not knowing what squadron's going to be like, you know. Will this skill impact me as a player because of what I need to do later on down down the game? It's 
I think with the skill system, I have the same feelings about it as the, the whole Squadron 42 pieces. There's not enough information about it. And they they kind of said it on a whim and then not given anybody info. So people start speculating. Then yeah. it starts going out of control. And then people are going sitting there going, it's going to ruin the entire game. It could really have absolutely no like impact on the game whatsoever other than a couple of stats that I can run ever so slightly longer than you can. Or, as people probably speculate, it will have such a big impact that it just will divert people off the game. Um, I'm all for a skill system. Tarkov has quite a good skill system that does impact the game quite significantly, but that only to people who have played it for hours and hours for that particular wipe. But that's things like metabolism skill is there. So if you eat and drink in raid, then when you have effects off of eating and drinking, like you'll get more energy off of a particular brand of fizzy drink or whatever. So you can run a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, that effect is extended because your metabolism is so high or your vitality is higher. So if you lose a limb, losing a limb, not actually cutting off the limb, like you, you can't use your arm. You've been shot in the arm. It's no longer usable. Yeah. You're less likely to die because of that. Like, but it's not, you're talking a small percentage and it's not that much of a factor. If CIG can implement it in a similar system that Tarkov has done it, not as invasive and it has those small kind of like impacts on you as a player i think it could work really well but if they go over that threshold and over that point and it really stops players that's where that's where it's going to really harm yeah the uh the new player experience and the existing player experience i think so i'll say this we talked about the familiarity of certain multiplayer game types earlier in this podcast, Deathmatch coming to um, Tarkov being something that makes somebody feel maybe a more, more comfortable jumping into the game. This skill system might do that for Star Citizen. If people jump into Star Citizen and they're like, man, I don't know what to even progress towards. I don't know what to shoot for. For some people, it's maxing out a skill. And maybe that helps with that sort of casual player experience, getting more into understanding your character and I think the biggest excuse for this being death of a spaceman, permanently losing your character, obviously this would make that matter more. Yes. You know what? It, it would. I think that's actually a good topic to end on. Let's talk about death of a spaceman. For, for casual players, that might be one of the biggest kind of surprises in this game. Uh, people who, who have only just started learning about this game over the last six months really haven't heard much about it but like the idea of permadeath in star citizen how do you think that's going to turn people off i think it can when it's communicated in the wrong way um as we know for anybody coming into the like, <laughs> like calling of, it permadeath <laughs> yeah calling it permadeath is going to put people right off and like, oh i can yeah. just permanently die but look at all these bugs look at this problem look at that look at this um spot on from the outside in it, it's going to be a big problem because people are going to be upset and then the, then the question of what happens to my ships do i lose ownership of them another big um question mark and i love the premise of it i think that's one thing that games obviously will always struggle when it comes to immersion and and everything along those lines is but i've died 
my character has died but I can just go on and continue playing the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a law reason behind respawning in Star Citizen, which builds that immersion out even more for me. And I love that. The fact that you're a clone and as you, if you die more and more and more, your skills will deteriorate or you as a, as a clone, I guess, will deteriorate because of that. There's a law reason, there's consequences off the back end. I love that. Will a new player coming in enjoy that? Probably not. And that's that's how balancing that and seeing how invasive that system will be will make a difference. Because if it's like 10 deaths and suddenly your character resets and you have to make a new one, that's going to be really annoying. If it's after 50, you know, you've got some problems as your character, like you've got your knees are not very good. So falling off of something, you're at risk of injuring yourself further. That's a consequence but it's not game changing what if well what if you re, you think that the problem people would have with remaking their character is just the fact that they have to do the work again i think so if you're excited to get max level on a particular skill and but then you perma die but that's the thing so with i mean there's not really levels in star citizen right except for these this weird skill system we're hearing about but considering that's not as big a deal and i think again that's why they're putting it in so that it does start to become a bigger deal but considering those permanent skills aren't a big deal let's just push that aside do you think that casual players would have a problem with this system in the way it's being implemented and that you're not actually losing all your stuff you're just passing down to next of kin i think it can I, I really think it can because it's like you said, like people are, they've got a goal in mind and they're trying to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. And then losing that can be a real source of frustration. I guess it also depends on how you die. It, it's a whole risk reward piece yeah. again. You know, if you, if you go to a a system that's not really lawful, you're more at risk to die. Thus, you know, your risk factor increases. And you mm-hmm. can lose your stats and it goes to an ex of kin. Yeah. Um, but it's how often will that happen in a more safer environment? And then, and then it will all depend on when they implement it. If they implemented death of a spaceman now, <laughs> I, I wouldn't play the game. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I'd be done for a little while. I, I would, I would advise people just take a break because it's just su- such a big f- source of frustration, but I guess the one thing about that whole system that I don't want to fall down is if you take an MMO like, um, oh God, what was the name of it? It was a really old MMO, RuneScape. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, still living large. The, still living large. I can't believe that game's still yeah. going on. It's got the following that it does. It's you know it deserves all of its applause. It's a great game, but in games like that. The riskier places are where you get the best, you know, chance of getting valuables or getting mm-hmm. loads of money and stuff like that. And it may be the similar in Star Citizen, but I felt in a lot of those games that I was then trapped because I I'm not a good PvPer. I don't enjoy going to these high risk areas sometimes because of how stressful it can be. And me as a casual player, you know, I want to try and get as much money as possible. So, am I going to put myself at that massive like unnecessary risk? 
or will I feel trapped because I can't go and experience that because I'm too worried about death of a spaceman? Um, there's a common phrase in the Tarkov community called gear fear. Yeah. I won't go into a raid and take my best gear with me because if I die, I lose it. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's the natural thing of every game, right? Trying to come up with a way to get around that from people, yeah. but, but still have it be a thing. I think the whole you get 10 deaths helps you know you get multiple chances to try something crazy out um and i also think raising that time to kill would help but the gear fear is uh i don't know how you get past that i don't know how you you tell someone yeah you could lose all the stuff you have on you but you should still risk it best way to get over gear fear is just to run it yeah well die with it yeah, I don't know how CIG will convince all of these players to do <laughs> no. that, but I'm interested <laughs> in seeing how this game mechanic changes the way people approach all of this kind of stuff, the riskier parts of space. Maybe a game mechanic like this makes people care about death, and suddenly those dangerous places become that much more lucrative to the people who are actually willing to go there. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it will be... I, I think it will be better for the game overall. I'm super excited for it. Um... But yeah, it, again, it all comes down to implementation, yeah. doesn't it? It can really go either way. Well, Ravak, thank you so much for joining me for this talk. I think this is a really good deep dive into the different parts of Star Citizen that people could like. Um, thank you for giving your perspective on coming back to the game after all that time. I am right there in the same boat with you. I, I, I think this year, it really does feel like there are some significant changes that we're about to see that will bring a lot of people back who have been waiting. Before you go, though, any last thoughts? Any last questions on today's talk? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think I've talked plenty for the both of us, really. Nah. Um, thank you so much for having me on. You know, it, it, I absolutely love Star Citizen. I love watching your content and being here is an honor uh, on its own. So giving my perspective as somebody who's coming back is really special for me. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Hey, the honor's mine, man. Thank you for choosing the launch sequence as your spot to stop by to tell the story. Uh, if you could let folks know where they can find all of your own content, though, where they can come and watch more of your stuff before we go. Yeah, uh, so you can find me on YouTube. Um, I, my name doesn't change, really, from the bottom there. Um, I, I'm on Twitter as well. If you'd like to just see me talk about a load of crap, that's always good fun there. But yeah, you can find me on Twitch and YouTube as well. And I do various different videos it's not all just about star citizen so if you ever fancy getting into a game like escape from tarkov or just want some information about it then feel free to go and have a little look that's where you can find me you get a little more variety there than you do here but um if you are watching this on space tomato 2 on youtube thank you so much for doing so you can come check out the audio platforms anywhere you get your podcast that is ad free supported by our supporters so thank you guys and uh, of course the main space tomato channel is always out there putting some videos out I've got the uh, streams and content coming for you guys all day, every week. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed this talk. Ravak, thank you one last time for joining me today. And I'll see you all next week. <laughs>